I have a question. What's your question? Do you think you know everything? Uh, yeah. No, no, I definitely don't know everything. Okay, so you still have some things to learn. 100%. Well, that's lucky. Because this is the Learning From Each Other podcast. With your hosts, Theo, and of course, Charlie. And today, I have something to teach you about, Charlie. Ooh, and what's that, Theodore? Yeah, so today, I'm going to be teaching you about a lot of things. Oh, okay. But predominantly, I'm going to be telling you about... How much I miss playing games. <laughs> okay, cool. I I can I can add to this. I play games. I sometimes. am super excited for this episode. I have so much to talk about. So let's just get into it with some okay. really good comparisons. Because we're both huge fucking nerds. You know. <laughs> wow. We're both I mean, stinking. I think nerds. one one of us is a huge fucking nerd. The other one is a huge celibate nerd. And you can pick which <laughs> <one> switch. <laughs> Dude, you have. I mean, I have very. Um, actually, I'm not going to go further on that. <laughs> I'm in a committed relationship, and things in a committed relationship are how they are. You, my friend, are a lot more of a Lothario than I am currently. I, uh, anyway. Disagree. Don't, anyway. Don't deny it. It's only been like two <laughs> weeks, dude. You you had an absolute streak. <laughs> I just wanted to throw out some of the names of the games that ch- that affected me the most when I was younger. Okay. Can I can I give a quick reaction to each one? Absolutely, one hundred percent. In fact, let me go through all of the ones I've listed. You can give uh-huh. your ver- vocal reaction, and then I'll go back through them and talk about them a little bit. Awesome, I love this. Okay, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Oh, the best one. Driver, San Francisco. Unknown to this boy. Skyrim. Played it way late, but real good. World of Warcraft. N- uh. Huge, huge fucking nerd. Yes. (laughs) Black Ops. Oh, fuck yeah. Zombies was was life. The Witcher 2. Oh, old school. Yeah, old school. Halo 3. Uh, I was a PlayStation boy. And Arkham Asylum. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. A big, big call over City, but okay. Well... City was a much bigger game for me when I was at an age where I was just enjoying myself. But okay. Asylum was one of those games that I, I was really discovering that I was a massive video game nerd. And nice. so I, as a result, I have a lot more in-depth memories from Asylum than I do City. And a lot of these games, I, I have a very old friend. His name's Rufus. We're still friends. He came to visit me in Bristol recently. We played these games together. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of his memories are the same as my memories, but I'm not here to talk about Rufus as much as he'd love me to do that. I'm here to talk about these games. So let's just start here. Now, I will say before we move further, I do have a big surprise for you in this episode, <gasps> but we'll come to that. I'll remind oh. you when it happens. Are you buying me a PS5? Yeah. <laughs> before I buy myself a PS5, yeah. What a huge Thank surprise. you, you're such a good friend. <laughs> um... So, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, it's your mm-hmm. auditore. What an incredible protagonist. Amazing. Sexy as hell, like definitely looking back at it, 
you know that classic old oh i hope this doesn't awake anything in me it <laughs> awoke some things in me definitely i didn't recognize them at the time but damn and it honestly, wasn't just awake it was awake and a drunk like 18 espressos yeah. it was a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and honestly the the biggest memories i have of that i 100 did assassin's creed brotherhood i did all the feathers i did all the bullshit and the things i think i no i did all of the the like Eden, the Orbs of Eden story. Yeah, yeah. Where you know that like, you scan this whatever it was, yeah. and then you, I, I did all of those, but I didn't, I didn't bother with the feathers and stuff like that. You're totally understandable because the feathers in the chests are fucking BS. But I just, <laughs> I just love this game so much, and more than anything, I loved this game because I would literally change Ezio's outfit every twenty seconds, <laughs> and uh, I'm still not at a point where I have the money or or the agency to just buy clothes whenever I want and one day mm-hmm. I hope that I will but this was definitely the game that released upon me the true love for good clothes that I have <laughs> that I've never been able to express anyway in a couple of years time I'm going to just walk into your flat and you're going to be wearing like full <laughs> assassin full garb Florenti died <laughs> welcome to my flat <laughs> And I jump out my window <laughs> <laughs> into the into the big pile of into hay. Into the huge on the floor. pile of hay that's been brushed away by a fucking <laughs> street sweeper. Right. Moving on, Driver San Francisco. You don't know this game. I I know the Driver series. I very briefly, I think, played Driver Three. Okay. It was is that one where like the E was a three and it was a yellow case, or was that just Driver? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the series. Okay. I am a huge fan of this specific game. Okay. I played this game to death. Uh, I played this game on my Xbox 360, and this game started uh, in every game where you could drive. I was the driver, and in GTA 5 online i was the driver for the gang that we were in and mm-hmm. i would basically only play races online and i was fucking good at races and that's because of driver san francisco entirely nice. this nice. game was so sick the driving was so swish you could buy cars i've never been a car guy but holy shit i am a driver san francisco guy skyrim i have played skyrim on my on my switch on an xbox on a playstation and on steam Altogether, nice. I have over 1,600 hours in Skyrim. Nice. That's a lot of fucking time. <laughs> I have played Skyrim to death and back. I've spent so much money on that fucking thing. It was just... It, it is an incredible game. It's not in my top three, because it didn't affect wow. me in the way my top three did. But it's in my top five, because even though it didn't emotionally affect me, it, it 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 represents something more keenly than I think any other game does that we will come on to later. Okay. It um, financially affected you enough that you feel like it has to go in the top five, otherwise you've wasted your money. I mean, I've spent <laughs> over £200 on just purchasing Skyrim, and that, yeah. that seems a little bit egregious. Uh, World of Warcraft. Me and my dad played World of Warcraft pre-Burning Crusade, if you know what that means. If anyone does know what that means, it's pretty impressive. It means I was probably around seven or eight when my dad indoctrinated me into playing World of Warcraft. (laughs) And it's what we used to do. I used to go to him on the weekends. I used to leave mums, go see my dad, and we would sit on the couch and play World of Warcraft and eat pizza for three days. And that sounds really unhealthy, and it totally was. But it genuinely some of the happiest memories I have of my childhood were made on that sofa watching mm. the clone wars playing world of warcraft and occasionally my uncle would come down and have a tinkle on the guitar that's how i started playing guitar so like just incredible nostalgia with that game 
I will never play it again though it's been ruined <laughs> and also Jesus Christ I wasted about a year of my life in university on it <laughs> Black Ops no game is better at a party that is all I have to say The Witcher Fair. 2 really interesting on my Steam account I haven't been on my Steam account in a long time don't have a play mm -hmm. PC but on my Steam account it says I have 7 hours in The Witcher 2 7 hours that's not very many hours but I have every achievement <laughs> This is because when we moved to our new house, uh, one of the many houses we moved to when I was young, um, we didn't have Wi-Fi for like two or three weeks. So I had this game in my library that I bought because I thought it was cool, but then couldn't work out how to play. And I was like, fuck yeah. it, I'll play it. I fell completely in love with it. F nice. Played it to f completion like six or seven times, doing every single way of running through it. I did. I finished the game three times, and then I worked out you could play it from your vet side, and you were doing like all of these different fucking missions on the other side. I was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, your vet is so cool. By the way, why isn't your vet in Witcher Three? Fuck's sake. Um, Who's your vet? Just a sick ass elf sharpshooter oh, okay. with nice. one eye. Um, oh, very cool. Anyway, just an incredible game. And oh my god, Tris Marigold, please just have my children. <laughs> Team Yenna fucking actually go fuck themselves. I'm, I'm with you. Team I'll, die, all the way. I'll die on this hill. I'll die yeah. on this hill. 100%. Yeah. I, I am every romantic character is preferred to Yennefer. That she's, <laughs> she is a great character, but damn, they're toxic and they should not be together. Seriously. Um, Halo 3! Da 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 da! Da 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 da! This just has Halo bad 3? memories for me because it was just, I got left out because I didn't have an Xbox, I had a oh, PlayStation, so I I'm never sorry. played it. So people would talk about it all the time, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, dude. But at least I had Little Big Planet. Oh, man. You which, see, to be fair, I, was I, it. I, I was an Xbox kid when I was younger. I'm a PlayStation guy now. Little Big Planet was good. Little uh, Big Planet was sick. But Halo 3 and Halo 4, when me and Dad stopped playing World of Warcraft, that is what we moved on to. Nice. Um incredible memories and then arkham asylum basically single-handedly introduced me to the idea of professional voice actor um nice. i know mark hamill was not a professional voice actor but mark hamill uh he is the greatest joker of all time and that's my opinion on the matter uh, i have some strange joker opinions i really do have some strange joker opinions like the the joker with dreadlocks who wears who has bare feet from batman the brave and the bold he's like in my top three jokers and a lot of okay. people are like that's disgraceful how dare you say <laughs> that but genuinely i love that joker he was so cool um but yeah oh my god mark hamill Oh my god, the Scarecrow level in Arkham Asylum oh, so introduced good. me to horror. When, I was like, I love When this. the game like crashes. Yeah. Holy Dude, shit. Insane. Never never seen and anything like that before. And it was the like first time it ever since. happened. So I was like, I genuinely felt I was losing my mind. And like, yeah. oh, just so well done. Chef's kiss, honestly. I When Rocksteady used to make games like that, the world was a better place. <laughs> I have some honor honorable mentions. Um that I think I'm just going to skim over, but but the number one on, on the honorable mentions is the God of War franchise, because okay. when I got a PlayStation, that was all I played. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, incredible. I will Can have I my revenge, Zeus! Every time. <laughs> yeah. Can I run through a couple of my, my 100%, childhood I'd love to hear that, yeah. Um, okay, so Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh. An absolute classic. One I only got to play when I was around Rufus's house. Nice, the one that we yeah. played a fuck ton. Yeah, we played oh, that game a lot. So good. Um, 
not like ever one of my favorite games, but just real good memories was like Resistance Fall of Man, which Ooh. was the like World War Two alien shoot like first person shooter yeah. that was released when the PS3 got released because my friend had it and he would just like he would just come around my house and bring that game with him and we would sit until like 5 a.m. Mm. just playing it on repeat and it was sick. Wow. Um, I love that. Those XCOM Enemy games. Unknown for getting yes. into like turn based strategy. And that was like, yeah. so when I was, that came out when I was in like year 11, year 10, year 11. Yeah. And my, there were two of my friends who also played it. And for a couple of days before I bought it, it was all they were talking about. And I'd never heard of XCOM before, but I was like, mm. this sounds great. They're really into it. For literally about two months, it was all we would talk about. Mm. Like I can remember I used to sit next to one of them in maths. His name's Callum. He's great. We love Callum. Hi, Callum. Um, still still very good friends with Callum. Um, and I can remember us sitting there and like drawing out where we were going to build each building in our oh. XCOM <laughs> <laughs> Classic maths. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Um, Spelunky for getting me into um, yep. like roguelites. I can say that Spelunky is something I have never played and I have seen being played and I've decided that I will never play. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But I respect um, and you then for playing it big time. Just uh, a big a big honorable mention to like FIFA and WWE games because I would play them uh, with my brother yeah. a lot and they're just like same as you with with World of Warcraft just like really nice memories of just like playing FIFA with like Fam- my brother family. and having yeah. a good time, yeah. Right. Also, Gran Turismo with my dad as well. was That was like the only actually, game my dad would play. You just brought your brother into it. And if we're talking brothers, th- this is, this is on a different scale because this is recent and, and we're, mm-hmm. we're, I'm moving away from what I'm talking about in the podcast episode here. But Smash Bros. Nice. And Mario Kart. Yes. Mario, yeah. Mario Kart Wii. Oh, oh, my God. And I can't believe I almost forgot fucking Jesus Christ Goldeneye. Oh, my God. I've never played Goldeneye. Yeah, Goldeneye was incredibly Jesus Christ. Goldeneye multiplayer. The Quantum of Solace game, right? Genuinely fucking incredible. Yeah, uh, so good. (laughs) I played that fucking shit so much with that with the Wii submachine attachment, and and people people like to like they look back and they're like, "Wow, that fucking game sucked." No, it didn't, man. No. I loved that game, and the multiplayer was, was incredible. Sick. The amount of insane moments we had on that in mul- multiplayer. We multiplayer on it was out. so good. Oh yeah. my! The level with all the rooftops. There was the airport level. Oh Fucking my god! So good map, even. Oh my god! Incredible. incredible. I'm getting proper nostalgia flashbacks Seriously, right now. Yeah, magnificent. I, Any, I guess this episode is just going to be us like well, orgasming over w- nostalgia. Well, that is a really great place to start, and that is what I was hoping because, like. That feeling I get when I think about those games, I cannot replicate it anymore. And it's yeah. not—it's well, not that I can't replicate it. And I have some examples of games that have allowed me to replicate it in an adult mm-hmm. fashion, but it's just so much harder. When back in the day, I could just sit down and engulf myself in a new game, I can no longer do that. And we'll come on to the reasons why. And it might seem obvious to you currently, but I guarantee you, if you think about it, it's not as obvious as you think. I'm not really talking to you, Charlie, here, because you, I'm talking to the listener. The, um, listener. the, uh, the, the singular listener. Yeah, there's only one. It's my mum. Hi, mum. <laughs> oh. um, but, but, yeah. So, you know, my top three games, I would say... Oh, sorry, just throwing into the honourable mentions. Just Cause 2, absolute banger. Oh, fuck. You've just... Yes. Yeah. 
Want a margarita, Rico? Uh, literally, I played legendary. the fucking demo for that so much. I still remember. My name is Bolo Santos. <laughs> I am the leader of the revolutionary army known as the Reapers. Wow, incredible. Yeah, wow. Honestly, a great demo. Just free play for half an hour in Just Cause 2. What it, a great yeah, demo. Yeah, honestly, I wish people did that more nowadays. It, but what's the point? No money in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I guess... My top three is always really hard when talking about games because my number three is usually reserved for something that I'm playing a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a rotational thing. But my top two have stayed consistent for years. I mean, since they released. So number two is Red Dead Redemption 2, ironically. Um, because I was able to escape into that world like I did the first Red Dead Redemption. I was able okay. to completely give myself over to it. I played so many hours... I cried my eyes out. I felt genuine fear, loss, uh, like care. I felt so much real shit that I hadn't felt from a game in quite a long time. Um, and it was just incredible. I just absolutely loved it. Number one is God of War. Um, Wait, God, God of War in general for PlayStation Four. The God of okay. War. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, it just. No game has ever touched me that like that emotionally. I mean, obviously, uh, I I am um, I'm a religious person. As as horrible of that as that is, I'm sure <laughs> for you to hear. And so it was touching upon. I'm I'm, I'm leaving right now. I yeah. didn't realize this. <laughs> so it's touching upon my faith and the mythology that I know so well. And they mm. were doing so many interesting things with the mythology, spinning it as if Kratos had been involved. And the, the, his relationship with Atreus, and they have so many unbelievably kind, compassionate moments. With a character who I have known for years as a violent, massacring, sadistic bastard. Is like, this the one with his son? Yes. Is that, that's Atreus, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And just like, oh man, I can mention so many moments. When they're leaving the Light Elf Temple, and he's like, I mourn in my own way and they're talking about the loss of his mother and how they hadn't understood that they're mourning in each other's in different ways and he's like I'm sorry for not communicating with you more and it's oh. like, it's just so beautiful and look Kratos Kratos isn't gonna say I love you Kratos is the yeah. god of war Kratos is scarred and PTSD riddled but he has moments that come close to it and those are the moments where I'm like I am crying so that was yeah. one of the moments Another one of the moments, I mean, when, when uh, spoiler alert, when the game is over and you kill Baldur, um, uh, they're talking about how Freya would have sacrificed herself to allow Baldur to keep on living, and and Atreus is like, would she do that just because Baldur was her own son? And Kratos is like, of course, I would do that for you in a heartbeat. And Atreus was like, oh. And, <laughs> and then right at the end... Kratos tells this beautiful story about how he gave Atreus his, Atreus his name about a Spartan mm. soldier who always smiled and kept the morale up in the in the group when everyone else was dour, machines of war, Atreus of Sparta always had a smile on his face and when the time came to give his life in war, he sacrificed himself for the lives of many other men and Atreus is like, you told a good story and it's just like <laughs> such a lovely moment and Mimir is so incredible and all the voice actors are so incredible oh and there's just so many sweet moments like um i'll just give you one more because i could talk about this forever okay. um there's just a side quest where they find this witch um this this corpse that's like you know if you bring me the bones of my wife she was a witch and she can bring your mother back 
and uh, Kratos is cl- immediately he knows this guy's lying but Atreus yeah. is a child and Atreus is like I want my mum to come back so Kratos is like you know he's lying and Atreus is like but what if he's not so he's like fine I'm gonna let this boy teach himself a lesson so Kratos goes with Atreus and it's a side quest so you get all of the bones of this witch you bring it back and 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 um <laughs> it gets all the way up to like the witch comes back from the dead and she's like she says in old Norse so it's like Peter," and you see the subtitles and it's like I will now reunite you with um, your mother and Atreus is like she's gonna do it she's gonna do it and the witch is like in there," which means in death and he's like oh <laughs> so afterwards he's like um, go on say it say what I told you so you're a foolish little boy or something and he's like I don't, <laughs> I don't sound like that but you are foolish <laughs> anyway it's just like it, I did not quote that I, I, it, like accurately but it's just yeah. so many moments that that partnership that, like this is the same reason why my favourite film of all time is Chef it's like the father son bond just is so emotionally hooking for me immediately yeah and that game brought out the nostalgia, brought out the the feelings that I used to get when I was just totally lost in a world when I was a child. And I haven't had that since God of War. That happened mm. two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe even three. A long time ago. I was at uni for fuck's sake. I was playing it in my room at university. So I missed that. And so I guess we're going to come on to some more stuff so this is less game oriented this is more like well why do i miss that can i just quickly say the last game that gave me that kind of yeah go for it. emotional attachment it was spider-man ps4 yeah i but it came out like on my birthday or the day after my birthday and i was taking my girlfriend at the time to get her eyebrows done and while she was in there i was like birthday treat to myself i'm gonna go buy spider-man so i did and then i I completed the game in maybe like four days. Wow. That is the, it's the closest I've got to 100%ing a game ever. I did everything except for you just have to swing around in different areas of the city until crimes happen and then stop a certain amount in each mm-hmm. sector. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing this. But I got to like 98% completed, which is the closest wow. I've ever done. I tell you what, and if, just, if, yeah, sorry, continue. Just the, the story of that. I mean, I love Spider-Man, yeah. so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um and just the the story of like him and mary jane like coming back together you see like dr octavius as his like mentor and then you see his like slow decline into villainy it's just like it's just beautiful it's so good and i that's the last time i've i've played a game where i'm like i cannot put this down yeah like i I cannot put the controller down Mm. if we're talking about completion by the way i finished god of war um on the hardest difficulty so nice. so I did everything. Oh, I did everything except for the last Valkyrie fight because I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I tried it so many times. It was just so impossible. I was like, I genuinely can't do this. Um, but I did defeat Boulder on the hardest difficulty. So fuck yeah, guys. Um, <laughs> anyway. You're better than Sisyphus. Uh, that was a little Boulder joke because he's the guy who in ancient Greek myth he oh! pushes the rock up the hill. That was, yeah, that wow! was the thinkers out there. That was a really fucking good joke, Charlie. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I told you I'm on my game today. Well, yeah, in- just incredible. I'm not going to bother correcting you that his name's not Boulder, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I know. You that. know that because it's hysterical. Like, that was one of the most intelligent jokes I've ever heard. I'll stop it. I'm serious. 
You've not heard many good jokes. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm just going to preface this section of the pod just by saying, like, look, as, as much as I'm sure it already comes across, but I'm really happy. Life's going great. Yeah. Uh, and even when I'm not happy, I'm happy. My level of base happiness is higher than it's ever been in my entire life. And I can nice, say that's that very good. definitively. So mm. what I'm saying now, some of it's going to sound sad, and that's because it is sad, but I am okay. Okay. So I guess I'll start with like the fucking, duh, well, you've got less time, so you're not going to be able to invest in fucking games like you used to because like you used to sit down for nine hours and do fucking nothing else except barely eat. Like, yeah, you're kind of right. But then again, you're also not, because I had mm. days where I would only be able to play one hour of a game, and I'd still be able to sink into it fully. And mm. so then if we're going to continue down that thought passageway and continue playing with that, experimenting with it, well, then it's less about how much physical time I have and more about how much psychological time I have. So how much time do I have away from thinking about things and stresses like mm. bills and rent and work? Yeah, you may very well be right, but then something that I focus on an enormous amount is mindfulness. And I like to think that I have a very, very apt and efficient way of removing myself from the stresses of life when I am needing uh, relaxation. So yeah, it's not that. And then moving on further with that as well, it's like, well, I don't know, maybe you're lacking something you had as a child. So like, I don't know. Uh, innocence, um, imagination, blah, blah, blah. But then you go down this road and I can just disprove every single last one of them. I, I just know. Mm -hmm. I've got imagination. I'm a fucking DM, basically full-time. My <laughs> imagination is more flourishing than it's ever been. Um, innocence, yeah, I definitely don't have that anymore. But I would argue, do any of us have innocence at any point in life? Mm. I genuinely don't know. But also, is it really, am I being stripped of my enjoyment of video games by my lack of innocence? <laughs> pasta no i'm not so not pasta like italian pasta yeah <laughs> it's your adore pasta i mean like p-a-s-t-o-r that's that i think we've we've discovered what the reason is it's the italians <laughs> <laughs> that's why you don't yeah, enjoy video I'm games i'm not anymore. enjoying video games because of the italians <laughs> fuck you guys the food is too delicious it's distracting me from my video games <laughs> I can't even have most of Italian food now because it's all very dairy-based. Ah. And that tomato-based and tomato hurts yeah. my belly. Anyway, so I'm going to get to the point. Okay. What it was, really, games back then, they were a coping mechanism. Mm. Uh, my childhood was, like, it, it was very difficult. Mm. Um for a number of reasons and playing games was as it is every time someone plays a game an escape but i wasn't just escaping because i wanted to escape i was escaping because it felt like a necessity to escape so it was yeah. a complete escape because it truly was a defense mechanism a coping mechanism and i, I i've looked at this and i've analyzed it introspected upon it i've even spoken to a therapist about it a, a while ago um Another one of my coping mechanisms was watching YouTube. So, like, I have YouTube channels that still give me extreme nostalgic protective feelings. Some of which I don't watch anymore because I've just outgrown them. So, like, I used to watch the Oxcast all the time. Uh, don't watch the Oxcast anymore. I used to watch hat films all the time. I don't watch hat films much anymore. I, I, I'm still kind of, like, 
on a bare level of understanding of what's going on with those guys, like Sips and stuff, I'm still into because Sips has evolved as I have evolved. Mm. But like Game Grumps, I still watch them and they help me for a lot. <clears throat> so really all of these escapes, when I came home, I, I would not do homework. I would just immediately just try and alleviate myself from the pain I was going through at school and then the pain I was going through when I got home from school. It was just like yeah. never ending basically. So basically the reason I, and this is where it gets interesting in my opinion, the reason I have less ability to truly involve myself and adore games than I did before is because the necessity is gone. And because it's almost like I am nostalgic, not only for the games and the joy I felt for the games, but I am nostalgic for the depression that I felt at the time. Yeah. And so without the depression and the depth that I felt I was at in terms of low energy and, and low feelings, mm. there is no capability for me to feel the mirror opposite, the absolute pinnacle of the mountain that was escaping into Skyrim or escaping into a Yogscast video because I'm not at the bottom of the ravine anymore. I am at the top of a plateau much, much higher. Mm. So as much as I am a lot happier than I used to be and I still experience the same level of happiness as I did back then when I was at my most happy, it, all the time frequently in fact it just feels like less because i'm used to more and yeah. so what i actually am missing ironically is my suffering and here's my surprise for you charlie <gasps> this is a mindfulness episode oh my god that was such a surprise <laughs> <laughs> because i feel like that sounded fake i genuinely i didn't know what he was going to talk about <laughs> I, just, did I can't emote fake. very well sometimes. No, no. But no, I didn't. No, that. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, you've 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 switched up switched up the formula. What on What I me. wanted to do was talk about games, and then what I wanted to do was move on to talking about coping mechanisms, okay. um, and especially our examples. Because I saw your face when I spoke about being nostalgic for depressive feeling. I would love <laughs> to compare our experiences with that because. I have spoken to a lot of people who have been depressed, of mm -hmm. course, and I think <laughs> all of us, when I have mentioned it to them, understand at some level the very strange needful nostalgia that an individual who is no longer depressed or is in between depressive episodes feels for depression, mm. even though it is, you know, the worst thing ever. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess what, what I'll say to just move into that, mm -hmm. the best metaphor I can think of is it's like my coping mechanisms have changed. Uh, you know, my coping mechanisms are now things like exercise and meditation and oh, now writing you're doing all the my ones. diary. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like that coping mechanism, that like wasting hours, uh, just like emptying myself into vacuous yogscast videos or mm. re-watching tv uh, wasting's a harsh word but like you know this is such a terrible word but unproductive time mm. it's like junk food uh like i don't eat junk food anymore but i remember how i used to crave dominoes yeah it's like i am almost craving dominoes here i'm like <laughs> just give me a depressive episode so i can just sit around and do nothing but play civ you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also please don't because like you know it, 
<laughs> you uh, don't want the depressive episode. Well, well, firstly that, and then secondly also, I've had enough experience with it, and please chime in here because I'd love to know your opinion, mm-hmm. that it's like, it's romanticized. My brain, personally, it entwines depression with being safe because when I was at my most depressed, I felt intrinsically very unsafe leaving my house, being outside of my room, mm. being outside of my own company. Um, yeah, I get that. And okay. so actually when I was at my most depressed and when I was just in bed or I was just too busy hating myself to do anything else, it was weird. I felt like very safe. I felt away from all the things that would be it's, otherwise it's inflicting upon me. Yeah, right. And so away from it, just like a Domino's, it's like, oh, I'd love a Domino's right now. But then you eat a Domino's and you have diarrhea and you've got bloat <laughs> and it feels awful. And it's like, wow, I wish I hadn't had that Domino's. It's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, I definitely, I think, I, I definitely have a very similar, uh, like, rose-tinted view of it, mm. I guess. It's not really rose-tinted because I'm always like, this is awful. Yeah. And, like, looking back, I'm like, I mean, I still am very much, like, in the ins and outs of coming and going depression yeah. times um, I, th- I think anyone fun. with it is 100% yeah. just to well, varying yeah, degrees varying degrees um, but yeah like it's definitely like bec- I think because it was so much of my teenage years feeling like that when I didn't realise that's how I was feeling yeah. like I just thought everyone like this is normal to just yeah. like cry all the time 100% um, that it does it does kind of feel comfortable and like i still have like days when i can't get out of bed and i'm you know during those days i'm always like this is so shit but then on a day when i'm feeling better i'm like oh, i kind of want an excuse to just lay in bed all day and watch yeah. youtube and <laughs> yeah. do nothing yeah which makes it makes no sense but it's just like oh sometimes i just you just need a little break <laughs> well so from like life. <clears throat> it's 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 a in my experience of what it was for me it was mm. entirely uh a wrongfully placed or I, I would say misplaced is probably more accurate uh defensive mechanism yeah yeah so to stay away from the things that my brain thought was damaging me it would imp- it would get me to a safe place but I, ironically I, I have discovered that a lot of the things i was being protected from weren't as bad as I thought they were, and the things I was protecting myself from them with were far worse. That that that's not universal. Yeah. In fact, it's really not universal because there were some things I really did manage to protect myself from, but it wasn't a good thing. Like it, that defensive yeah. mechanism, it was very self-destructive. So really, it was like you know which one of these is the lesser evils. So mm. so it's like when the brain, when the body goes into fight or flight. <clears throat> When you're running from a uh, um, from a tiger, right, or, or or you you see some huge beast rushing at you across a field, you have time yeah. to comprehend that, and the psychology begins to kick in. Fight or flight kicks in. But if someone just swings at you from behind you, and you see or feel something from behind, your body reacts intrinsic. Mm. It just goes. It moves out of the way. When your body moves out of the way of something. That is basically the simplistic equivalent of your brain putting you into a depressive episode and throwing you YouTube all day. Because it's like, oh, someone's swinging at you, so let's just get out of the way. But really, no one's swinging at you. That's the number one biggest trick. It's like your brain always thinks someone's swinging at you when you're in a depressive episode. But really, is anyone anyone ever actually 
even if someone was physically actually swinging at you would you really need to go into depressive episode no and so that is why it's like i don't know i feel like it's such an interesting thing because it's so nostalgic i miss it and i crave it in a bizarre way but then when i am depressed it's awful and when i leave Mm -hmm. depression i have the intellectual capacity to understand it was awful but yet i still feel a compelling thing that's like just go and be depressed (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah 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 completely and another uh, interesting thing is like anxiety not mm. the same at all i have no desire to be anxious (laughs) (laughs) and yet people always lump depression and anxiety into the same into the same boat probably because there's a lot of crossover but it's like i i do not have any nostalgia for anxiety i only have you know i only have trauma (laughs) (laughs) i think like for me personally the the difference is quite like a physical difference where with depression it's a very mental thing yeah physically i feel tired but then i'm just like i just need to rest so i lay in bed but with anxiety i get like a very tight chest and my whole body feels like tense and stressed and like mm. i think it's easier for me to remember the like physical sensations and be like this is horrible i don't want this to happen again rather than to just be like oh yeah like it was really bad i wanted to die but I got takeaways for a week and watched YouTube all day. So, yeah. you know, right. some good things. <laughs> s- s- just relating it back to games. I- when I think about things like Arkham Asylum, when I think about things like The Witcher 2, uh, any of the games that I gave across, mm. I feel that... <sighs> this is a bit of a left turn, but it... it, it it will come back and it will un- you'll understand when I finish explaining it, which I'll try and keep brief. Okay. I, I don't have many memories of when I was a baby, mm-hmm. but I have this really strong memory of being outside my uh, dad's mum's, so my grandma and my dad's side um, house. And I was mm-hmm. sitting in my buggy and outside our house was a workforce and there was a digger that was bright red and next to the digger there was a blue sports car. It was like a Hell muscle yeah. car. Yeah, And when I think about the shade of blue that car is, I feel an incredible sense of like pleasure almost at the back of my skull. I feel it tingle my brain, specifically there, almost at the stem. Your lizard brain. Yeah. It's like at the back of my palate too. I can almost taste it. It's so bizarre. I have this so like a surreal full sensory experience remembering the shade of blue that car was. Yeah. And I feel that exact same thing when I remember myself playing these games wrapped in my fucking dressing gown, sat on the end of my bed because I'm just full depression just in a hole. Mm. And when I'm in a hole, I'm barely myself. I'm fully dissociated. And so I am Batman. I am Ezio, I am Shiko in World of Warcraft, I am fucking Geralt. Every single game that I've ever played, I could get into it so fully because I was literally not just escaping like, God, I had a tiring day, better play Civ. It's like, wow, I really hate being the person that I am. I have to be someone else right now. And so I was really, truly someone else because I couldn't even stand to be the person I was. So that's why I feel like I will never, ever play games like that again because I'm just in too good a place. And so so really the conclusion, which we're not at the end of this episode by any means, but like the conclusion that I've reached thinking about this episode is like 
as much as monkey brain misses that, <laughs> yeah. everything else about me is so deeply and profoundly grateful that I don't experience that anymore. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Not I'm that you can't play the games, but I'm happy that you're doing well. It's nice. But does anything I said about, like, the dissociation into your the games kind of make any s- sense to you? Oh, I'm trying to think. I think, for me, by the time I, like, understood what was going on, I think it was more like TV shows. Like, okay. I have a real love for, like, How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs and, like, that era of, like, sitcom. Yeah, because yeah. that was my... That was my escape, was okay. that I would just get home and just watch, like... Like, I've probably seen How I Met Your Mother, like, ten times all the way through. Wow. Jesus. Maybe. Like, I've seen I've seen it a lot. And, like, last year, when I first moved into this house after me and my ex broke up, we'd been together for five years, I was like, I really want to watch How I Met Your Mother. And I watched it all again. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I'm sad. <laughs> and this has got a very, like wholesome you can just like i don't know like i I always get very sad or i used to when you watch a tv show and then you get to the end of the tv show because you're like no 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 no, i'm not i'm not ready for these characters to end which i also got occasionally with video games but i think i I used to know someone who actually deliberately didn't watch the last seasons of the tv shows yeah i would i didn't watch like the last episode of breaking bad for like three months like i literally had like one episode left and i was just like i'm gonna leave this for now crazy yeah um so i i think i think for me it was more tv shows but like i understand the mm. the concept of what you're t- of what you mean and, I guess. And, and like any media any anything really like going on walks playing with your dog like anything mm. can be that place that you go and and one thing that i have very very easily discovered is is that these things that helped me they also have the power to actually do the opposite uh, so if mm-hmm. I find myself actively like um, not on a rest day where it's like, wow, I literally have nothing to do. Let's fucking chill the hell out and have fun. Where it's like, oh, actually, oh, I'll just play games now on my rest. And then, yeah. bang, I've played games for five hours and I've missed the entire day and suddenly I feel depressed. And it's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like the the tool you use for hammering in nails. If you use it to fucking screw a screw in, you're going to smash the wall to pieces and it's not going to work. And it's going to be like, oh, I did a bad thing. Whoops. This usually helps. <laughs> but it doesn't help in every scenario. Yeah. So, yeah. Just a kind of interesting little smegma piece to, <laughs> to sniff. <laughs> do you want to choose a different word? No, I actually really don't. <laughs> okay, cool. I wanted to bring the mood up a little bit. <laughs> But like, you know, I I look at the choices that I've made in life. Mm. I, I look at how badly I did in my levels and how essentially uh, I I I just didn't revise because I was so depressed. I was just wasting time all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when I went when I got to uni, my coping mechanisms evolved into other very negative strategies. It, it, extremely negative, far more negative than anything i'd done before and then when i left uni and i started therapy and all that beautiful stuff i have got to a point where it's like wow okay i needed all of these mechanisms that i don't need anymore and so here mm. they are and i have all of this acknowledgement of it but i don't miss any of those mechanisms 
the interesting thing is the only mechanism I truly miss is playing games. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I, I guess it's just like, I'm just very thankful. And, and when I look at my career um, and the fact that I've become a voice actor and, and my main goals in voice acting are to move to motion capture, be in a video game and be in an animation, right? Those are the mm-hmm. three things that I want to achieve. Um, those are because essentially these are the things that enabled me to exist in my most pained times. And I want to pay it forward. I want to yeah. give something back to those things that help me survive, literally survive. Um, and I want to help people with the things that I create or I'm involved in creating that were in the same situations as me. But I want to go a little bit further because then I also want to be outspoken about those things. And I want people to know mm-hmm. that they're not alone and that they can use the things that I create or I'm involved in to escape and and not feel bad about it or confused about it have have someone who's in the know who might be older or has been through more to just be like yeah this is okay yeah so yeah there you go a nice thoughtful episode oh i'm gonna be honest theo i feel i'm I'm like welling up a little bit i think that's really like beautiful i don't know like I'm kind of in in the same space with what I want to do with my career, I guess. Of like, I want something that's helped me an immense amount, and to be able to like pay that forward to to other people to help them. And yeah, I don't know. You just like, yeah. I just feel like I'm gonna cry, (laughs) and I don't really understand why. Well, that's (laughs) very sweet. (laughs) You know, I, I guess. I've learned a lot in in the past couple of years looking into myself and looking outside Mm. other people and the things that have happened to me and the things that have been done to me and vice versa, the things I've done to other people. I've been sorry for a lot of things. I've been happy that I did a lot of things. But of all of the learnings that I have encountered and taken in, I think one of the most simple and one of the most relevant in this situation is there's no point owning anything of value if you don't have someone to share it with Mm. and so what is the point in me having vocal talent and drive to succeed if i don't share the things that i do with people out there with people Mm. who might be suffering or people who might be in need or people who i love like my friends and family and, and romantic partners um Romantic partner, singular, Morgan I love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were Mormon. <laughs> God is my romantic partner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just a just a really wholesome, nice roundup of a initially happy episode. I'm sorry that I I, I literally no, I baited people into listening to sad. You shit. did a you did a big switch reverse on me. You yeah, played the Uno you know. reverse card. <laughs> um but look I've enjoyed it. Um I guess well what, what I want to ask you is have you got three you know a couple a couple bullet points that you want people to take away? Yeah. Um what an interesting question. Yeah one hundred percent I guess my three takeaways would be firstly don't feel bad about getting by 100% so when you're coping yeah. 
when you're just on the edge of you know i mean survival is the way i put it and it's pretty accurate i think mm. don't feel bad about playing games for 10 hours or watching how i met your mother 10 times <laughs> don't feel bad about any of that shit because look the truth is you're not going to do that for the rest of your life you may do it mm. many other times i will never stop playing games i will share m playing games with my children and hopefully my children's children and if I'm really lucky, maybe even my children's children's children. But you're gonna have to get going soon. Yeah, I know. I got to get plowing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but it's like, just don't feel guilty for getting by because yeah. you're doing great. All you've got to do is get by, and you're doing that successfully. So well done. Mm -hmm. Second takeaway would be seek out healthy coping mechanisms. Games, media, films, TV series, they can be healthy, 100%. How I Met Your Mother is a healthy coping mechanism. Playing games is a healthy coping mechanism. Playing them for 12 hours a day, that is unhealthy. <laughs> but meditating for 12 hours a day I, I, is, is probably unhealthy. Exercising for 12 hours. Uh, meditation <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on the fence about. But, but yeah. exercising People do like week-long meditation retreats and stuff yeah, like that. And it's actually really good for you. So I take that back. Meditation is the only <laughs> exception. And I do recommend everyone meditate. But we'll come on to that in a later episode. Um, exercise. Like all of these things that are healthy mechanisms. They can become unhealthy in in access so really it's just mm. about moderating the right thing so you know if you're fucking watching how i met your mother just going back to the first point the you know first and second point being very similar you're not fucking shooting up heroin or <laughs> doing crazy amounts of cocaine to cope you're watching a tv program so cut yourself some slack <laughs> and if you are doing heroin it's like watch how i met your mother instead <laughs> <laughs> it's just as good it really is It's like there's that daniel radcliffe quote when it was like one of the later harry potter films when they were coming out someone asked him like oh like people are getting like obsessed with these films like what do you think about that and he was like well they could be obsessed with heroin so i mean i think being obsessed with harry potter <laughs> is pretty really safe <laughs> he genuinely said that daniel that's actually quite funny I yeah, I like Daniel Radcliffe. I think he seems like a like a a nice guy. He plays a really good weird villain, and I'm always here for it whenever yeah, he's a bad guy. He plays a really good weird person all the time. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I'm gonna just say is related to the first two points, and I'm mm -hmm. sorry that all of the points are the same. So I guess I'm gonna give an honourable one. If you haven't played Driver San Francisco, do yourself a favor. It's a really good <laughs> fucking game. Okay. I'd also like to say my driving game was Burnout Paradise. Oh, Burnout Paradise. Which was so good. I had Burnout on my handheld. Nice. Um, yeah, because nice. of all of the games I gave in the past, I think most of these are actually like too old for me to enjoy now, except mm -hmm. Driver San Francisco, which I still think is just incredible. It's so good. Um, I'm like that with Simpsons Hit and Run. I'm like, this game still slaps. Yeah, like absolutely. 100%. 100% still slaps. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from a book I've been reading, which is Letters from a Stoic. Um, by Seneca. Very prepared for this. Yeah, I, yeah, I am super prepared. <laughs> um, which is continually remind yourself of the many things you have achieved, and when you look at all of the many people in front of you, think of all the many people left behind you, because even if you're in the lowest pit of hell, you have still moved past others in the same place, and you will continue to move past and bring people up with you. 
like a ladder. You are never, ever, ever in the worst position that anyone's ever been on on earth. You always have hope, even in the lowest moments, and never forget that. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. So yeah. What a lovely way to end. This has been the <laughs> Learning From Each Other podcast. Our first lovely, deep feeling episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the I've enjoyed it. The uh the beautiful mess that was the boats last week. It is definitely How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I love it. <laughs> Just a different vibe. Next episode, uh, we're doing something really cool, right? We are doing something very cool. Um, we do, we haven't decided on a topic yet, but we're gonna do something that we are are dubbing a middle ground episode. Yeah, where basically, so so the things that we talk about in the solo episodes are kind of like one of us has either a lot more passion or a lot more in like knowledge about it than the other. Yeah, or it's whereas just the middle ground yeah. episode. Yeah, whereas the or common ground, sorry, common ground episodes. Middle ground is a YouTube series. Um, the <laughs> common ground episodes are ones where we both have like quite strong opinions about them but we have the opposite opinions yeah. because we're not robots and we disagree with each other on some things yeah funny um, enough we really agree with each other on most things so i will yeah. say it's it's been quite hard to get these things together <laughs> but there there are things we disagree on and they're not going to be arguments i don't think there's a single chance on earth i will ever have an argument with charlie to be perfectly honest we're just no i feel the same about and you. i just care about him far too much um yeah such a flirt oh my but god yeah i know you're really delicious today <laughs> we'll see you next week for that um it's going to be really fun we are gonna, not going to argue we're going to communicate and respectfully yeah. <laughs> we're gonna ha- we're gonna have an adult discussion about some yeah because we're adults and that we yeah. discuss that's what this is right yeah this is a, a nice conversation that with was a a, that was another name we were gonna call then the podcast yeah, I think there was already one with that name. Conversations right. as adults. <laughs> really catchy. Talking to my so, uh, societal and intellectual peer. Talking to a fellow adult. <laughs> Hello, fellow adult. Do you feel like talking? Why, yes, I do. Okay, anyway. We were going to do that, but then we thought the, the, the budget for cigars that we'd be chomping ah! on while talking was going to go way through the roof and we couldn't commit to I it. need to open my window before my smoke alarm goes off. Oh, wait, <laughs> I turned it off. <laughs> Fun fact. My house doesn't have any smoke alarms at the moment. Fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> pray that Charlie's house doesn't burn down. Yeah, please. Until next time, this has been the Learning From Each Other podcast. Uh, I'm Theo. And I'm Charlie. And uh, yeah, we love you very much. And thank you, you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.